the hardest part was this belief because you know when something like that happens you can tell yourself any story that you want about it right and and i had this story that if i couldn't help aj then i couldn't help anyone and it it would have been incredibly easy for me to just kind of give up on my business at that point this is matthew del negro and you're listening to 10,000 knows It does no service to creating value for people where I came from if I won't say where I came from. And so nobody thought any thought this movie was going to work, and it did. One of my greatest struggles as a journalist is that I'm an emotional person and I'm a sensitive person. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I don't know if you're driving in your car, riding on the subway, walking on the street. Either way, we know there are tons of podcasts out there, so you being here means the world to us. Really appreciate it. If you're not already subscribed on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen, I hope you'll consider it so you get these episodes when we release them every Friday. There's a ton more you can do if you want to help us out. None of it costs you money, just a few minutes, maybe a little shame and embarrassment, like this review from our Fan of the Week. Great and useful podcast. Five stars. Brian Yudovich. I've been impressed with the moderator's ability to get the guests to open up and truly talk from both an emotional and rational standpoint. I'll definitely be doing a deeper dig into the prior shows and look forward to his future guests. Thank you so much, Brian Yudovich. Okay, stick around at the end to find out how you can help us spread the word if you dig this. But for now, let's get to it. My guest today is high-impact coach and founder of Shit You Don't Learn in College, Xander Fryer. His story is one of risk for the sake of following one's soul. Xander left a decent job in the corporate world when he realized that he only gets one go in this world and decided he'd rather spend his time doing what he really wanted to do. Turns out that not only brought him fulfillment, but also more money and a girlfriend that he met on one of his Facebook Live events. You'll have to wait for that whole story. He also had the courage to contact Jack Canfield, one of the best-selling authors of all time, just after making his leap, a mentorship with lasting effect. The premature loss of his best friend from childhood is still front and center in his mission to help others live their fullest lives. Xander Fryer. First of all, the the name of your company, uh, Shit You Don't Learn in College. I love that. Let's just start right there because it's bold. It's, it's, you know, it catches the ear and, uh, let us know a little bit of what that is. Oh man. Um, so the idea behind shit you don't learn in college, uh, really, it it really came to me because, um, you know, when I first, when I first started my, when I first started my business, I took a look back at kind of like my life and my progression to how I got to you know, quitting my corporate job and starting, starting my own coaching business. Um, and I, I just realized that the entire system, the entire education system that we have in our country right now is formatted around a, a, a system that's flawed, right? And so, you know, when I was growing up in high school, uh, you know, I was really good at math and science. So that, that you know, what are you going to do with your life was like, it was kind of already told to me, right? You're good at math and sciences, so even though it wasn't necessarily something that I love to do, it was like, you're going to be an engineer, right? It's the good, safe career, contribute to society. You'll be successful, have a nice house, get married eventually, like all that sort of fun stuff. Um, and so, you know, went to, went to college for engineering and, you know, really it was the stuff that I did outside of college that really led me down the path of finding everything that I wanted to do in life. Um, you know, I was in Air Force ROTC and it was like leading and mentoring, um, other cadets that I realized like, this is my real passion and this is what I was meant to do. This was my gift, not like engineering and numbers and stuff like that. Um, and so for me, you know, when it got eventually to the point where I quit my job and, and looked back at my life, what I realized is there's, there's things in, there's things in education, there's ways to be educated that'll actually lead you down the path of like, what are we always looking for? We're all looking for happiness, fulfillment, success, right? Personal success. But the way that our, our education system is set up right now, it's actually not designed to do that. It's designed to create worker bees, right? And so that was my big, my big uh, insight into why I wanted to start shit you don't learn in college. And we could go 
far down that route into like, I've actually done a lot of digging and research into why our education system set up this way. Um, and contrary to like where it's been in the past, which actually promotes individualism, um, you know, creativity and, and, uh, you know, personal, uh, personal success and happiness rather than kind of like the, the worker bee kind of type of like militaristic environment, if that makes sense. Yeah. Have you seen that Ted talk with, I can't think of his name, um, British guy, Ken something. It's an incredible Ted talk, but he was a professor and he talks about how the, the system is set up to create, you know, professors and then he finally yeah. broke away from it and and was and it's very funny ted talk i mm-hmm. think it's one of the most watched ones he talks exactly about that and how we can be curious and go outside the system and you know wondering what the end game is um, yeah. so how what led you i i know you know i have a question for you about if you're okay talking about it your friend aj Sure. Uh, who I, I think, I don't know if he was 27 or you were 27 when he passed away and it had a profound effect on you. Is that what, were you already doing shit you don't learn in college at that point? Or was that something that propelled you in this direction? Yeah, it is. So I was, I had actually already started my business. I was about six months into my business. Um, and so I already had, you know, when I quit my business, I started it, you know, pretty fast. And I would already had a six figure business, multi six figure business when, um, you know, and, and my goal was to get to six figures a month within my first year. And it was about six months in and I was well on my way to doing that. And AJ, my, you know, my best friend growing up, uh, you know, he was, he was the guy, he was the guy, you know, when I was, uh, you know, we, we first started, you know, our friendship when we were like eight years old playing, you know, army in the backyard, we played soccer together, baseball together. He introduced me to my first girlfriend. Um, I like, I joined the air force, he joined the Marines and after the Marines, he suffered from, uh, depression and, and, and PTSD and, you know, a lot of addictive behavior because of it. Uh, so for about a decade and I still remember, it was, it was the end of March, uh, 2017. I got a call from his dad and his dad, um, you know, basically just told me it was a call that I'll never forget. His dad was just like, AJ's gone. And I was just like, what do you, what do you mean AJ's gone? Um, and he told me he took his life and that was, um, you know, that was by far one of the hardest things that I've ever been through in my entire life, especially being a coach uh, someone who works, you know, deeply with mindset and subconscious work. And I've worked with people who've been through traumas. I've worked with people with PTSD and to hear that my best friend, you know, the guy that was going to be the best man at my wedding just took his life. And it was something that I felt like I should have helped out with. It was something like I felt like I could have prevented. And so the guilt and the, honestly, the, the self-worth just like plummeted, right? You know, to me, yeah. it was, it, it, you know, if I couldn't help AJ, how could I help anybody? Right. And so that was, that was by far one of the hardest things that I've ever been through. And it was, it was right in the middle of, of me building my business. So that was, I mean, it was, it was terrifying because, you know, I, I went How did pretty, it affect your, your business? I did it. Yeah, make you and, better at what you do. Just you, do you feel like you cared more at that point? Or, absolutely. Or you, I think you know, in the beginning, the hardest the hardest part was the hardest part was this belief because you know when something like that happens, you can tell yourself any story that you want about it, right? And and I had this story that if I couldn't help AJ, then I couldn't help anyone, and it it would have been incredibly easy for me to just kind of give up on my business at that point. Um. But truthfully, I, and I, I don't know, I don't know where I built this attitude from. I'm sure it's from, you know, years of self-development and, you know, leadership training and things like that. But I knew deep down, number one, that this wasn't happening to me. It was happening for me for some reason. Yeah. And I, you know, every morning I, w- I would wake up and I would bawl my eyes out for about six straight months. I would, I would be crying every single morning and I felt like I had an elephant on my chest every single morning. Um, but there was a deep belief somewhere deep down that this, this was happening for me for a reason and not to me. Yeah. And 
I tr- that's when I truly realized that, you know, what I was doing in the coaching space wasn't about me and it was never about me. And, and just like you mentioned, I could see, I could see how having to go through this was for me to help other people, to help me connect more, to help me connect deeper because I'm not the only one who's lost someone to PTSD or to suicide or addictive behavior. I'm not the only person that's been through trauma. Everybody's been through something like that. And the truth is it's, you know, we can either allow those hardships in our life to cause us to crumble or we can allow those hardships in our life to cause us to become bigger and better people. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that for me, everything that he had done in my life, this, this man was by far one of the biggest, he was one of the reasons that I quit my job and to see that he could inspire me to quit my job and go after my dreams, but he couldn't do it for himself. I would not let his spark and his inspiration and his fire and his energy die. Yeah. That's good. Tell, tell us a little bit about how he inspired you to quit your job. Where were you in your life? What were you doing? I think you were in the corporate world, I think. Yeah. And ha- and what was the thought process and how did he influence it or even independent of AJ, you know, how did you come to that conclusion? Because a lot of people listening are, you know, they're either struggling with that. Are they on the right path or, or yeah. but they don't know what to do. And they, they, you know, hearing these stories can encourage them. So, so for me, um, you know, when I originally decided to quit my job, it was actually, it was because of one of my, one of my other mentors. Um, I was in the corporate world. I was, I was making multiple six figures. I was, you know, as a kid in his mid twenties, I was, I was incredibly successful. I was doing, you know, I was, uh, I had like standing meetings with the Disney CIO. I was, you know, uh, I, I was covering companies like Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Disney, NBC, Comcast, Verizon. What were you um, doing? What was the... as, so? I was a systems architect for Cisco Systems. Okay. Um, designing basically designing networks for them, and um, you know when I I was I was twenty seven, and I had a meeting with one of my mentors, and he asked me he asked me the question that would kind of shift shift me forever. He asked me, um, you know, Xander, like you could do a lot of things. What would you do if you couldn't fail? And huh. I, I, I told him, I was like, honestly, like, you know, I'd be a coach or a mentor. I'd coach or mentor full time. I don't know what that means. I don't know how that works, but that's what I do. Um, you know, it's, I, and I told him, you know, I was in air force ROTC. I was going to be a fighter pilot in the air force. And I made the really dumb decision when I was, when I was 21 to go have a couple of drinks with friends and drive home. And I got a DUI and I was kicked out of the air force and when I got kicked out of the air force, the only thing that's been really truly been missing in my life since then was leadership. It was being able to help others and lead people and coach others. And I, and I would try to do that at Cisco. You know, I started the early in career network. I started, um, you know, all the mentorship programs, but it was about five to 10% of my life there. And so he asked me, so he's like, great. So you want to be a mentor and a coach, you know, why aren't you doing that right now? And the next words that came out of my mouth were, uh, it was, you know, it almost just felt like a lie as I told it to him. I just said, you know, I've got all this momentum in this career. I'm making great money. I'm going to be one of the, uh, I'm going to be one of the youngest, uh, uh, directors in Cisco's recent history. Like all this stuff's going on. I've got all this momentum and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, kill that momentum. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, you know, to me, I was, I was telling myself that was true. I look back on that now and it's just the biggest lie ever. Um, (laughs) but you know, we tell it, we tell ourselves these things. We tell ourselves these quote unquote truths to, to convince ourselves that what we're doing is right. When deep down we know that it's not. And you know, the, the next words out of his mouth really hit me. So he basically said, just because you have a path laid out in front of you, does that mean you should walk it? And just because you're good at something, does that mean you should do it? And I was like, huh, like that makes a lot of sense. And he goes, you know, the difference between you and me, Xander. And, and so he was, he was a, a, a professional speaker and traveled the world and made a lot of money. And so he goes, you know, the difference between you and me. And I was like, well, you make a shit ton more money than I do. <laughs> and he goes, the difference between you and I is 
I'm actually living my dream. And ever since you got kicked out of the air force, you've just been dreaming one. Wow. And he's, and he you should, said, I hope yeah. you gave this guy, uh, you know, some kind of a, a Christmas gift or a, or a birthday I bought him, gift. I bought him a very nice bottle of tequila is what I did. <laughs> Good. Um, and he said, he, said, he said, honestly, the one resource that you can never get back, Xander, is your time. Yeah. And it was that moment, that was the moment that I realized that no matter how much I was making, no matter how much I wanted to tell myself I was successful based on like all these outward standards, right? I had success by all these outward standards, but I didn't feel successful. And it was because I was lying to myself this whole time about what success actually was. And as soon as he said that, it was like, it was a kick in the balls that I really needed. So I, I basically, um, that was on a Saturday that next Sunday, I could not stop thinking about our conversation. That Monday, I went back to work and I had like all the corporate, like, you know, Monday morning, eight to nine call, like the corporate conference, conference calls to set up more calls for later that week. So it was like eight to nine, I had a call. And all I could think about was his words ringing through my head. You know, the one resource you can never get back is time. And I was like, I'll never get that hour back. And then I had another conference call and I was like, I'll never get that hour back. And then I had another one. I was like, I'll never get that hour back. By the fourth one of those in a row, I called up my manager and said I quit. So wow. I, had no, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I remember calling him up. I was like, Frank, I'm done. And he's like, what do you mean you're done? And I was like, I don't know what I mean by, by I'm done, but I'm done. And he's like, do you have another job? I was like, no, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I know that this isn't it. And I know that the only way I'm going to figure it out is to put 100% of my energy on finding out what it is. And so that's, that's actually what, yeah, that's actually what caused me to quit my job. Um, and then, you know, where AJ really comes into this, um, I remember quitting and you know, like when you quit a job making over $200,000 a year and every, all your friends, all your family, all your colleagues and coworkers view you as successful. When you quit that job, everybody views you as the crazy person in the room now. <laughs> right. Right. Like nobody, like I, I remember telling my mom, and my mom was just like, um, I don't think you should do that, right? And my mom has been the most supportive person in my entire life. Like, she's supported me through my DUI. She's supported me through everything. And when I told her, she was like, I don't think you should do that. I think you should, you know, keep up on your engineering and, you know, do something along those lines. And I was like, I don't think you get it. Like, like this is what I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember – I remember uh, – you know, basically nobody understanding what I was doing. So I took about three or four days off and just kind of like went off the grid. I turned my phone off. This was actually over my birthday as well. By the way, if you want to piss people off, turn your phone off over your birthday. <laughs> I, cause I remember, I, re- I remember getting a, a bunch of text messages that are like, happy birthday. Like I turned my phone back on. It's like 80 text messages that are like, happy birthday. And then another 40 the day later that are like, why aren't you responding to me? You dick. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I turned my phone off and I went and just spent my birthday by myself and like three days because I was just like, I need to figure this out. And somehow AJ found me. I don't know how he found me still, but he found me when I was out getting sushi and he found me and he came up and he gave me, um, I actually have it right in front of me. So I'm going to read this to you. Uh, he gave me a little military notebook. Um, and in it, he had a note. Oh man, I might cry while I read this. Oh, uh, in it, he said, Zen, thank you for reminding me of the, the, of the capable, or thank you for reminding me that I am capable of greatness. Your words were the exact thing I needed to hear at the time that I needed it most. If you ever find yourself losing sight of what I know will be your bright future, reach out and I will remind you of your unlimited potential I've always recognized in you. I'm so what? proud to call you my friend, my motivator, and my brother. I'll always be there when you need me. Much love, AJ. Wow. And he gave me this notebook on the day that I was lost and confused and crying and had no idea what I was going to be doing with my life. And even though he was in a pit of despair in his own hell, he could find a way to pick me up out of it. What a great story. What a great story, man. He sounds like a great guy and it's, and it's, uh, yeah, depression is real. And, you know, especially when you've been through, uh, 
you know, PTSD, it's, 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 it's real. And, you know, to hear that note and, um, and to know that he was suffering and I don't even know if you were even aware of it at the time, but it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And it's kind of a, kind of puts your whole career in when you, when you look at what you do now in light of that note, it sounds like it's all honoring that note. It absolutely is. really cool. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and, you know, that was, you know, it was those three days right after I quit my job that you know, that was the defining point in my career where I could, I could have taken that time and I could have gone back to the, you know, to another corporate job. And I've had a lot of opportunities, you know, especially during the first few months when I was making no money and digging my way into debt and just spending up a storm on credit cards. Um, but honestly, it was this note and it was this book that, kept me committed to living my life from a place of, fur- of purpose and not from a place of fear anymore. And he was the one that helped me decide that, you know, it didn't, it didn't matter what obstacles I faced. It didn't matter what came at me. It didn't matter what hardships, whether emotional, physical, financial, mental, whatever they were. If I committed to being a hundred percent truthful to my mission and my purpose and living in integrity with what I knew what was right, I would get there. Yeah. It sounds like you are. I mean, you and I met at a workshop of Craig Ballantyne, who I've I've had on the show here. And um, it seemed like almost everybody in that room was like, I'd like to thank Xander. <laughs> it <seemed> like, <laughs> and they were all, they're all pretty high achievers. So you must be doing something right. And uh, I, I'll, I want to get into your your work with Craig later on, sure, but right absolutely. now, something I saw on your website was that you co-authored a book with Jack Canfield. Yeah, um, and it's uh, mastering the art of success. Now, Jack Canfield is chicken soup for the soul, right? I, I think I, I heard him. I yeah, right, so he's he's. I, I think he's. Uh, you know, for for most books sold ever, I think he's second, right behind God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I heard him on Oprah on her yeah. podcast and he was he was incredible. Um how did you hook up with him? How did that come about? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. Um so after after I quit my job and I took those four days off uh over my birthday, um as soon as I turned my phone back on and apologized to all the people that were pissed off at me for not responding to their birthday messages. Um, I actually, so one of the things, uh, you know, one of the things that I knew, um, I like, I, I'm a firm believer that you can like everything that we do in life, you learn from your successes and your failures. You learn from what I call the school of hard knocks. Right. But what most people don't realize is that you can learn from other people's success and other people's failures and you learn the same way. And so that's where like mentorship and coaching really becomes valuable. And one of the things that I knew, you know, I'd read a lot of books. I'd read, you know, John Maxwell, I'd read Tony Robbins, I'd read Bob Proctor and, you know, Brian Tracy and all these self-development and coach gurus, right? Right. Um, The ones that really resonated with me were Jack's. Um, So The Success Principles is one of my favorite uh, uh, self-development books of all time. And so I was like, you know what? Like this guy's been doing this for the better part of four or five decades I'm sure he knows something. Why don't I give him a call? <laughs> and uh, so I Googled Jack Canfield phone number. Um, and I actually found a phone number for his office, called up his office, and uh, ended up getting on the phone with uh, his director of operations. Uh, after about 30 minutes, you know, I started it off with, hey, my name's Xander. Uh, I just quit my job. Can I come hang out with you guys? And after about 30 minutes of telling them my story, they, I, had a, I had a plane ticket out to Arizona to go spend some time with him and his executive team for the next, uh, next three weeks. So, Wow. Yep. That is, that is one of the coolest stories I've heard. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it I think literally for a lot happened of people. Wait, so that happened that quickly. Yep. Yeah. So it was, it was you know, the day, the day that I turned my phone back on. Um, I called up his office and the next day I had a plane ticket out to Arizona. Wow. Oh, yeah, okay. So this is, this is perfect. I, Cause I wanted to talk to you about something that, <laughs> no, I, I wanted to talk about something that you and I kind of hit on that day that we met, which, yeah. you know, I was talking about this podcast actually and putting it out there and 
I've actually had a much easier time selling the podcast than I do selling myself even as an actor yeah. because it's me, it's tied up with so many things. And But I still think while I've gotten better at making asks, there's still something that holds me back. And you said, um, you know, all of that, I said something about, you know, a pushy salesman. And you said, even, yeah. even that language, pushy salesman, there's something so tied up in sales for you, Matt, that it might go back like 35 years for you and how you were brought up and how you, yep. and, 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 and one of the things I noticed with you in that room was I had kind of heard your story through Craig and the dating challenge, which we can get to later, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you, you know, I had heard it and I was like, you know, a little bit of like, well, who's this guy going to be, you know, the dating challenge, what is this? And, and I met you and you were so positive and, and transparent and warm that, you know, he was kind of like, wow, I get he he's not selling. He just is really in, enthusiastic about what he does. Yeah. And so uh, that story is so interesting to me that you just went, boom, I'm going to go right to the top. You know, Jack Canfield, it's huge. And oh, I yeah. think most people, myself included, would go, well, that's too big. I've got to, I've got to chip away for 10 years. That's and how I always am. I'm like, I got to chip away for 10 years to prove I can get to Jack Canfield. I'm worthy of him. And you just went, no, let me just Google him. Yeah. And, and so the big, you know, the big thing for me there, right, is like, if you kind of hear the process you're walking yourself through right now, it's like you rejected yourself before Jack even had the opportunity to reject you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> right. It's, it's true. Right. This is what most of it, like, even if you take it to like, you know, if we want to take it to like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a single guy, you know, and you want to ask that girl out at the bar, or you're a single girl and you, that's actually probably an even better one. If you're a single girl and you see this guy that you're just really attracted to, and he's fun and laughing and making jokes and just like great energy. And like, you just want to introduce yourself to him. Right. But what is society saying? A girl can introduce herself to a guy, right? That would be weird he would reject her. He would think that she's too forward. Right. Or maybe that she's like, quote unquote, slutty or something like that. Right. Like, right. So, so she ends up rejecting herself before that guy even has an opportunity to reject her. So truthfully, there's no such thing as rejection because if she doesn't go approach that guy, she doesn't get to know his name. She doesn't get to find out his story. She doesn't get to go on a date with him. She doesn't get to fall in love and get married with him. Right. If she doesn't do that, that's what happens. If she goes up to him and he rejects her, what is it? It's the same thing. She doesn't get to know his name. She doesn't get to go on a date with him. She doesn't get to get married with him. So it's actually the same exact situation. But the difference yeah. is if she goes up to him, there's a slight chance that that might be a yes. And that might be the guy that she falls in love with. And it might be the guy that she goes on a great first date with and then dates for the next few months and then finds out that they're going to fall in love and get married. But if she doesn't do anything, she's already rejected herself. Right. And that's how most of us operate because we're afraid of that rejection. We're afraid of hearing no. So instead of hearing no, we just tell ourselves no beforehand. Yeah. And we yeah protect ourselves from, from yeah. someone else knocking us down by knocking ourselves down before that. Yep. Yeah. Good for you for <laughs> can talk about kickstarting the new career. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And then how quickly did that turn into you co-authoring a book with him? Yeah. So, um, you know, basically that kind of, that kind of kickstarted my exposure to Jack. Um, and so obviously getting to go do that and meet him and and, you know, I, at that point, I was just still this kid who had no idea what he was doing and wanted to launch a coaching business. Um, but I learned everything that I could from him, everything that I could from his executive team, you know, met a lot of other coaches that work with him and went and trained under them as well to, you know, so I could base, I was basically like accumulating decades of, of concise knowledge and skills from all these different, you know, some of the best in the world in a matter of like three, four five weeks. Um, and so that really helped me become great at what I wanted to do. I already had a lot of the, I already had a lot of the um, content and the skills, but that really refined how I would be able to deliver it and be as a coach. Yeah. And 
so, you know, but I still didn't know. The big thing for me was I still didn't know how to actually turn up a business because I had never turned up a business before, right? But it did give me the confidence to realize that, you know, if I wanted to get to where I wanted to go, I would just, you know, like Tony Robbins says, success leaves clues. I would find the people that have done it before and I would learn from them and I would take what works and leave out what doesn't and accelerate my growth that way. And so I went and learned from some of the best mentors in the world, from the marketing space, from the online business and strategy space, from the sales space, uh, content and copywriting space, and was basically able to turn up a six-figure business in about three and a half months. So I had a a six-figure life coaching business in about three and a half months. And pretty much every life coach that I had ever met out there was not making six figures. And they'd been trying to do it for like three to five years. And then there was this 27-year-old kid who just did it in three months. Okay, hang on, because people are listening and they're going, okay, this sounds great, but this is what I I always, I always kind of ask people this. I'm like, okay, cool. But you had, had, at that point, had you accumulated uh, some savings that you were able to invest into these? Oh, you hadn't. So how did you, how did you financially afford these so, training yeah. mentor programs? So this is, this is the part that, this is the part of the story that I tell people, I do not suggest doing what Xander does, <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you do it, it's because you're committed and it's because you are 100% in, right? Um, so for me, you know, when I quit my job, this was the scary part. When I quit my job, a lot of people thought that I had a lot of money saved up because I had such a great career, but frankly, let's be honest. I was a millennial in his mid twenties. What do you think I did with that money? Right. I spent every last penny of it I, on traveling, on buying, you know, shots at the bar because, you know, I had the money and I wanted it to fill that void of making me happy. So when I quit, I actually had about three months of living expenses saved up and I actually spent all of that. Uh, so, you know, I went and worked with Jack Canfield and then um, after that met all these people, and I was like, well, I got to invest in all their programs so that I could learn how to become the best in the world. Right. So within about a month, I actually spent all of my savings. And then the next couple of months, I basically dug into credit card debt. So that was actually the big thing for me was like, I realized, you know, and you know, kind of the theme for me is like the one resource that I can never get more of is my time, right? My money didn't matter to me. It was about accelerating the speed at which I could do what I wanted to do and help the people that I wanted to help. And so again, I will put a disclaimer here. I will say, do not do what Xander does. <laughs> um, but frankly, I spent pretty much every penny that I could on learning the, learning the recipes to getting me to where I wanted to go. And for me, you know, it was like going back to the name of my company, shit you don't learn in college. I'd spent over $100,000 on my college degree that did not get me where I wanted to go. Why would I hesitate investing $35,000 into my education and training to pursue a life that was truly resonant with what actually mattered to me. Okay. My next question is what was the biggest takeaway? If I know there are probably, you know, a long list of takeaways, but out of that period of intense Mm -hmm. mentorship, um, what was the biggest, if you could say the number one thing where you were like, this took me from, a guy who spent all his savings to all of a sudden six figures four months later. What what was that one thing? If you could, if you can give everybody listening that gift. Oh man, um, was it take risks? Was it? Uh, so here, so this is this is this is kind of a cop out answer to your question, um, but I think it's the truth. So the one takeaway that I got from that period was what was that there is no such thing as one takeaway because truthfully it's like I I wouldn't be able to ask you like like Matt like if you could keep one organ in your body (laughs) which one would you keep good answer (laughs) right like like to be honest right it's like if you don't have your lungs it doesn't work if you don't have your heart it doesn't work if you don't have your brain it doesn't work So the one takeaway that I would actually say is it's not one takeaway. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's more a a combination of certain things that you have to make sure that you have in place. Okay. What are the, what are the top three tenants? Yeah. So I I give you, I give, I I give you, you know, I could, I could break it down to like 
three or five or seven or something like that. Um, but there's, there's always pieces. Um, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I would say, and you'd probably agree on this. And you know, I've, I've now interviewed, I've now interviewed probably over a hundred seven figure and eight figure earners, uh, coaches, entrepreneurs, you know, impact, you know, impact makers and change makers. And whenever you ask somebody, you know, what's, you know, what's the one thing, right? Similar question to what you're asking me. What's the one thing that you would go back and you would tell yourself, you know, when you were first starting off or what's the one thing that allowed you to get, you know, to the point that you're at right now? Nobody ever says, you know, nobody ever says it's like, oh, like I learned how to do Facebook ads really well. Or like, oh, I, you know, I learned how to, you know, like some little trick or tactic. Every single time, it's something really, really uh, important and, and aligned with your mindset and your belief systems. That's really what it is. It's your belief systems, right? So like one of the most common ones that I hear is like the belief that it's actually possible. If you don't believe something is possible, you'll never take, like you, like you mentioned, you'll never take the risks. You'll never push up against your fear or your discomfort to actually move forward. If you don't deep down believe that the hardship and the work and everything that you have to, you know, the, the structure that you have to put in place and the, um, you know, the, the things that you have to change and get out of your comfort zone to do, if you don't believe that it's actually possible to get to where you want to go, you'll never do it. So I'd say that's probably one of them is you have to believe it's possible. That's number one. Um, number two, you have to be a hundred percent clear on the exact destination that you want to get to. This is one of the biggest problems that I see with any on any entrepreneurs or any coaches is they kind of like, they kind of set out on an adventure. It's like, you know, like we're on the West coast, right? So they sit out there like, I know I want to go to the East coast. Right. And then they hit a fork in the road. And at that fork in the road, one sign reads New York and one side reads Miami. Well, well, where do they go now? They're like, well, I don't want to go to Miami and find out that Miami sucks. And then I wanted to go to New York. But what if I don't have time to go to New York? But I don't want to go to New York and then find out that I, it's too cold. And then I realize I want to go to Miami. So they end up sitting there in like Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is a shithole. I know because my mom lives there. And, and like, so that lack of clarity is what prevents a lot of people from being able to move forward. So I'd say like, you've got to believe it's possible. Number two, you have to get extreme clarity on exactly where you want to go. Um, and then the third one is you kind of, you kind of hit it. I would, I would sum it up into taking action, right? Cause nothing comes without action. And so for most people, they're afraid to take risks. They're afraid to make wrong decisions. They're afraid to make, mistakes. The reason that they don't take action is because of fear. Fear prevents people from taking action because they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of messing something up. They're afraid of uh, being judged as they go down a certain path, right? That's one of the biggest ones that I hear from entrepreneurs. And, you know, like you and I were just talking about sales, right? Like, why do you actually not want to, you know, ask for someone uh, to pay what you're worth? Or why do you not want to, um, you know, really command your true worth. It's because you're afraid of being judged as a salesperson. Because when you were younger, maybe there was some pushy salespeople that were in your life that caused some issues, right? And you never want to be judged as that person, right? So being the fear of being judged is a big one that prevents people from taking action and moving forward. So I'd say like those three in combination were, are kind of like, and I mean, there's a lot underneath each one of them, but believing it's possible, getting clarity around exactly where you need to go, and then getting into action are probably the big three. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. That, I mean, that that's, I probably say this every episode, but it's so interesting. You hear when you start to speak to people like yourself, um, who are very good at what they do in all different fields, it literally does not matter what field they are in. It's kind of the same it's roughly the same answer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. It's like it, fear, fear of not being enough, take action, be specific. It's the same. It's the exact. And now that I think of it, that's exactly what the greatest acting teachers tell you. You know, it's, it's like lean into your fear when you're afraid of a role. You, mm-hmm. That means you should probably take that role on. Um, when you are general, 
that's where bad acting or bad writing comes yep. from. You know, you need to be super specific and and you need to take action. You know, it, it, it is all, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. I mean, this is why I'm loving these conversations because, you know, comments like that. Uh, and, and sometimes I'm hearing something that's the same, but it comes a little bit differently out of your experience than it does from... You know the lacrosse coach I spoke to this morning, who said the same thing in very, you know, yeah. in a very different context. You <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. Um, and you, so like you could you could take it. You know, if you were to take it back to my specific situation, right? It's like when I quit my job, right? I I I knew deep down that I believed that I could help people. I I knew that was about as much as I knew. I believed I could help people, and I also believed that the only thing holding me back was because I had been, you know, for the last five or six years, I had been acting from a place of fear. I was the only reason holding myself back. So that was number one. I believed it was possible. Number two, you know, a lot of people would say like, I wasn't clear on where I wanted to go, but I was 100% clear that I didn't want to be in the corporate world anymore. Yeah. That was, that was extreme clarity enough for me. You knew where you didn't want to be. I knew exactly yeah. what I didn't want. And sometimes that's enough, right? Having clarity on what you don't want, having clarity on what's not it, and then having the courage to take action away from it, right? So that was the courage to take action and step out from the corporate career and pursue this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're speaking a lot of truths here, Xander. A lot I of truths. This is, this is my job, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I love it. And I love the, the ease with which you, you put these thoughts forward. Uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's very easy to follow your, your thought process. Um, which brings me to uh, your, your age and the dating challenge. Give us the story <laughs> on that. I kind of heard, unless you don't want to talk about it, but I, I, I love talking about that this. Is originally, it's, it's that's how I me. heard about you originally through <laughs> Craig Ballantyne. And it was, what's the, what's the story there? What's the real story there? Sure. So this one, this one's, uh, this one's an interesting story. So, so I'm 29 now. Um, but you're 29 right now. You're 29. Tw 29. Yes, man. You are an old, you're an old 29. Holy I, that's cow. What, that's what everybody keeps telling me. You do not um, feel like a 29 year old. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, I guess you look like a 29 year old, but you, you are a lot wiser than no offense to any 29 year olds that are listening. Uh, I'm just saying you just sound like you've been on the path for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that, that I'm, I'm an older, wiser 29 year old, because I think all of my friends and family and my, my girlfriend included would agree that I'm actually four years old. I act like a child. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, yeah. So the, the way this, the way this happened, um, so basically over the course of 2017, 2017 was, uh, you know, obviously a very big year for me. It was when I launched my business. Um, it was the year that AJ passed away. And, you know, by, I think it was July, yeah, July, 2017, shit you don't learn in college actually had its first six figure month. So we were actually able to get it to, you know, six figures a month within a year of me quitting my job. Um, but so I was, I was very focused. I was very intently focused on, uh, this goal of, um, and actually that might be a good story to chat about as well, how we got to that goal. Um, but of hitting six figures a month in the business. And this kind of takes me to Craig Valentine and his perfect life workshop and, and, you know, how I actually started to work with him. Uh, so I actually attended one of Craig's workshops, uh, back in March, 2017. And one of the things that I put, you know, I had my big three goals. One of them was to hit six figures a month in July. Another one was to meet an amazing girl by the end of 2017. Because I'd been out of the dating scene for a while, focusing on my business. Um, and I, I'd gotten to the point where you know, like, I was so truly aligned with myself. And I was whole. And you know, I, was, I felt fulfilled in everything that I was doing. And I wanted somebody to enjoy this roller coaster with me. And so it came to November 2017. And I do accountability with Craig. And Craig you know, saw that I was going to all these, uh, you know, all my friends' weddings and bachelor parties and, you know, just talking about how much I love, you know, being there for my buddies and watching them get married. And, and he goes, so you talk about, you know, love and you talk about all this stuff. He's like, wasn't one of your 2017 goals to meet an amazing girl? What, uh, what are you doing for that? 
<laughs> and I said, honestly, I haven't been super focused on it. I've been super focused on the business. And he's, and so he sends me an email back and it just says two words. It just says public accountability. Now for everybody out there that doesn't think that you can force love, I respectfully disagree with all of you. <laughs> it's so, so funny. I just imagine you like, you know, <laughs> things to do Thursday, find girl. <laughs> find <laughs> love. Yeah. So I basically, uh, I had a Facebook group uh, of, of coaches and entrepreneurs of about uh, 2,000, 2,200 people or something like that. So I went into my Facebook group and I actually did a Facebook live uh, and it was just titled, Help Me Find Love. And I just, you know, I talked about how I'd been very focused on, uh, focused on my, on my business goals, but hadn't been hitting my personal goals and how I wanted to meet an amazing girl by the end of the year, which was about 60 days away. So I told everybody in my Facebook group, if I don't meet an amazing girl by the end of 2017, I will do whatever embarrassing stuff you guys can come up with. And that was a mistake. They, they <laughs> like, they filled up the page with stuff like, you know, shave your head and, uh, you know, dance on the third street promenade naked, like, you know, go, like all this crazy stuff. Um, you know, go spend 20 minutes in the ocean. You know, this is like middle of winter, right? Um, like stuff like that. And, right. um, but what also came from it was a lot of people reaching out to me being like, <laughs> being like, Hey, like, uh, you know, I want to introduce you to my friend or my cousin or my daughter. Right. So actually it did start to open up, you know, some, some possible dates. Um, and there was this one girl who actually reached out to me and she reached out to me and she said, you know, she was in the group and she reached out. She's like, Hey, you know, this is super weird. I've never done this before. And I don't know what can come from it because I live in Australia, but you know, I just want to, I was just, just wondering if I could connect with you. I'm really attracted to your energy and everything that you're doing you know, would you want to hop on a zoom call or a Skype call? And I was like, yeah, sure. So didn't really think anything of it. Hopped on, hopped on a zoom call with her. Uh, amazing, amazing girl. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Just great heart, great soul. We really connected. Um, but she lived in Australia. So whatever. Didn't, didn't, you know, didn't think anything of it. Now it comes end of December. I still haven't met an amazing girl and I'm pretty freaked out because I'm going to have to do all sorts of really weird stuff. Um, and I get another message from her and it says, you know, I'm coming out to Dallas, uh, for new years. And, you know, if I stopped in San Diego, you know, would you want to meet up? I don't think anything could happen unless we actually meet in person. Um, and so she ended up, I said, of course I said, yeah, like I'm more than happy to meet up. So she comes out to San Diego, we ended up meeting up and just absolutely hit it off. Uh, and so she, her name's Maddie and she ended up not even going to, uh, not even going to Dallas, just stayed in San Diego for the next week. Um, and yeah, that was basically the start of our relationship. Uh, she ended up coming out to the U S several times. I've been out to Australia several times now. Um, and I'm actually going out next month to host a workshop out in Australia, but it all, it all stemmed from, uh, from Craig telling me to hold me, hold myself publicly accountable for finding love. And the day that I met her was December 29th, 2017. Wow. So, so you want to talk about putting your intention out there to, you know, do the things that you want to do. You actually can make it happen because what ends up happening is, you know, even, you know, whether or not I ended up finding an amazing girl, putting myself out there to do it led me to taking the actions that could result in that outcome. And right. that's, basically that's, what, what, that's, what, that's basically what it was. Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking. Cause I, I'm just anticipating anybody listening to this. They're driving in their car. They're going, this guy's an asshole. He's, he's saying you can, <laughs> you can find a girl like wait, wait, that's objectifying someone that, you know, and, and I, like, I think that was oh, yeah. my initial, when I first heard Craig, I was like, this is kind of bizarre. I honestly, I was yeah. like, this doesn't, this doesn't, this is like, applying business to emotions. And I, but as I hear you tell the story, that's what I was, the conclusion I was yeah. coming to before you said it was the, the end. And it's kind of a lesson for everything in life. The end result is, is kind of, uh, you know, not the import. I mean, it is like you said, the intention and the result, but it's almost like what, whatever gets you off your ass exactly. to go after whatever it is that you want that whatever that may be however you motivate yourself 
that got you off your ass and then yep. you started thinking and you had it in your mind. And then, you know, it's some arbitrary deadline you gave yourself by the end of the year. But then all of a sudden you find yourself scrambling to do it and you're you're more open. So that's really what I applaud is that yeah. you were then open enough to get on a call with someone from Australia. You were open enough to go to Dallas or have her come to San Diego or whatever, or you may, you gave her the opportunity to yep. be open enough to reach out across the world and send you a message she never would have sent had you not initiated it. Exactly. So that's, that's really cool. I mean, there, there is a huge lesson there. And, and so um, I hope if people are listening and they were just thinking what I just said like two <laughs> minutes ago, that they now maybe are like, okay, okay, you know, and I can, yeah, I can it, see how that it, works. Yeah, it's an, it's an incredibly important lesson because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I was, you know, and the big, the big, I think the big message that I want to get out there too is it's, you know, I had a, a very strong intention of meeting amazing, an amazing girl, but I wasn't necessarily so attached to that. If it didn't happen, like I would beat myself up, right? But it got right. me, it, like you just mentioned, you know, one, of my, one of my mentors, Steve Pavlina, um, he says, the reason we set goals is not to get to that outcome in the future, it's to get us into action now. So the goal, the goal can be arbitrary. The goal doesn't matter. But right. the reason we set goals is to get us into action now. And that's exactly what it did. Got me into action. It got her into action, right? I, like we've, Her and I have had this conversation like, you know, dozens of times, how many times that she, cause you know, she had put me up on a pedestal, like this guy that's, you know, this big influencer and has all these you know, people in this group and he's so successful and he's got all these clients. Right. But I basically dared people to, to make this happen for me. And she tells me she sat there for like 45 minutes with this like message in her Facebook messenger and she didn't send it. And she was, she like almost deleted it like three times. And then eventually she sent it. Yeah. But yeah. it was like me being willing to open myself and put myself out there that like she would have never done that. Well, it's so funny you say that because this must be the Craig Ballantyne uh, effect. And anybody who's listening, <laughs> I should probably look it up while I'm while I'm interviewing you. I should look up what episode it was. So people, if they want to reference Craig <laughs> Ballantyne, um, I forget it was it was kind of early on, but he this must be his effect. Um, I'm hoping this doesn't yeah. destroy our connection here. Um, me looking this up. Anyway, I'll I'll find out and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but basically, his his effect, like he did it, you know, he's done that with me as well, where he's just like, I can't tell you how many, since I saw you at his workshop, that was like, what, two weeks ago or something not, like not that? Not even two weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> how many emails I have sent in the last two-ish weeks uh, regarding the podcast and trying, you know, just like putting offers out to people to come and sit down with me and, and all these kinds. I have sent so many bold emails that I'm yeah. like, as I'm about to, as I'm about to hit send, I'm like, they're going to think I'm a total asshole. I'm like, send. I'm like, I don't care. Who cares? You know? And yep. it's like, it, it really is. It's like, it's like, who who cares in a way? I mean, you yeah. know, as long as you're not doing something malicious, why, why not? When I, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, tr I, mean, I truly, you, yeah, I truly believe, right? Like it's, it, it's people like you and myself and Craig and majority of people in this world. Like I truly believe that, you know, they have the best intention of doing something to help others and doing something for the good of this world. And that, you know, all the desires that they have, like your desire to grow your podcast, right? What, what is that deeply rooted in? That's deeply rooted in you wanting to get this message out and other people's message out to inspire people to do more and be more persistent, go after what they really dream for, right? Yeah. It's like that is deeply rooted in, in my opinion, it's deeply rooted in like the actions that are quote unquote for the good of the world, right? Yeah. Thank you for and, saying that. Thank you. And when you have that intention, when you have that energy behind something that you're doing, people say yes. Like, it's just, it's just that simple. People want to say yes, right? Has anybody, you know, has anybody ever asked you something that like, you know, it's a good cause, but it might take some extra time of yours, but it might take you away from something else. You want to say yes. Yeah. You want to do it because you and know that it's been, for the good of the world. Well, that's going back to the Jack Canfield thing. Yeah. Which, that's what my, my experience so far with this podcast, and I'm probably, you know, maybe you're my 50th interview, you know, there are a couple that are in the can that are not out yet. I think I just released, I'm releasing episode 44 this week. So yeah, there's maybe 50 ish that I've done. And, 
it's it's been kind of shocking after that workshop. I was like, wow, people, for the most part, even the ones that I thought they would blow me off and go, nah, I'm not going to do it. People kind of say yes a lot yeah. more than I expected. Way yeah. more than I expected. And I'm just realizing as I hear your Jack Canfield thing. Like, I was, I was going to say, if you reached out to Jack, yes, he's a yes person. <laughs> no, no. But I think I'm going to, man. I mean, like, because I heard him on Oprah and I thought he was amazing. And, you know, I, it's just, it's kind of, it's a great lesson in just throwing it out there. What's the worst that can happen? They say no, and you move on, or you keep asking again, or yeah, you know, or whatever. I don't know. It it's, leads you. It, yeah, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because that's actually how I met Craig too. Um, and and again, you know, like Craig being like one of the you know like his nickname is like the Godfather, right? Because he's kind of the Godfather of like online business and marketing. He's been doing it for a while. And when I met him, it was actually at an event, and there was like fifty people in a room that were all like their jaws were dropped that. Craig was, you know, Craig was doing this talk, you know, to this small group, you know, for him, he's used to talking to big groups and this group of 50 people and all of them are like, Oh my God, I can't believe Craig Valentine's like, like talking to us right now. And at the end of his talk, I just raised up my hand. I said, Hey, do you need any contributors for early to rise? And he just goes, uh, sure. Come talk with me afterwards. <laughs> and that's how I met Craig. But it was just, you know, it was the willingness to ask. And he said, yes. Wow. And now you guys are in business together, right? Aren't yep. you? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing uh, one of his perfect life workshops out in Australia now. Um, so that's going to be happening later this month. By the way, that's another one of those things that if anybody's listening and they go, oh, I, I saw somebody comment online, like perfect life. When I, I posted something, they're like, there is no such thing as a perfect life. And I was like, <laughs> okay, dude, you're getting it out of context. That's like, you yep. know what I mean? It's like, he's not saying there's a this perfect life. He's saying, how do you, how do you build a life that goes, that, that is right for you? Yeah. You know, how do you build a life that, that you make choices that will be right for you, which is kind of what you were talking about in the beginning of, of leaving your other job and going, okay, well, what do you really want to do now? Now I'm just a quick question. Who was that original guy that you spoke to who asked you, you said he asked like the, you know, the best question, the, the one that shifted you forever. Um, yeah. there, there was somebody, was it someone you were just working with? Yeah. So it was somebody that I was working with. His name's James Knight. Um, he's out of the UK. Um, but yeah, it was, he was the one that originally asked me that question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, so that's, that's what it is when, you know, once in perfect life, because I, I had someone, it, it, it kind of, you know, bothered me when someone said that I'm like, you know, that's like when people get mad at a movie that they never yeah. saw. Or a book they never read. Maybe, maybe, maybe a better title might be "The More Perfect Life." <laughs> the more perfect, yeah. yeah. Close, the closer to perfect life. <laughs> the closer to perfect life, exactly. Um, well, listen. I mean, I, I feel like we could uh, we could wrap for a while here. We are um, approaching the hour, and I know you're busy, and I don't want to uh, overextend you. Why don't you? Tell us a little bit about what, you know, where people can find you. You've talked about a lot of what you do. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Let us know. Yeah. So, so now um, what we do at, at Shit You Don't Learn in college, we actually, you know, after I was able to turn my business up to a six-figure business in, in about three months, we noticed, you know, there were so many coaches out there that were struggling to get their businesses going and have the impact that they wanted to have. You know, they're all amazing at what they do they were just struggling at having the impact because they couldn't get the business to function properly. Um, so we actually started working with other coaches to show them that recipe and help them get there. Um, so now we work with uh, health, wellness, life coaches, helping them spin up six-figure businesses in 90 days. Um, so if anybody's interested in kind of learning how to do that, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can go to xanderfryer.com and check out more of what we do, or you could reach out to me at xander at xanderfryer.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. I'm at Xander Fryer, uh, or at shit. You don't learn in college. If you have any questions around that, we're happy to chat about it. That's great, man. You're like the Bedros Koulian of, uh, wellness coaches. That's, 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 like, that's, 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 like that's the goal. Does. Actually. I've had, I've had a conversation with Bedros about that. I was like, that's, you know, we, we might yeah. have, uh, uh, we, I was thinking about it cause he has fitness business summit, which is FBS. Yeah. And I was like, what if we did impact business summit? 
And then I realized that the acronym for that is IBS, which is, uh, <laughs> I, was pro- I was like, that, maybe that's not the best idea. That's not the um, best. But, but yeah. yeah, so I, I have thought about that. Yeah. Bedros is awesome. He's another, he's another, uh, friend of the pod, as they say, he was, he was, uh, on here early on and has such a great story. Um, well, listen, man, thank you so much. If you're listening and you liked what Xander had to say, uh, definitely hit him up. He's got a ton of knowledge. Um, and, and as you can hear, extremely approachable. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks again for listening to 10,000 Knows. We realize there are tons of great podcasts out there, and we truly appreciate you sitting down with us. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so on the Apple Podcasts app for iTunes or on Spotify. If you like what you heard today, we'd love it if you took a minute to give us a five-star rating and a short review, as well as just telling your friends and family about us. We aim to give you the best free content possible, so if you have suggestions, requests, comments, anything, please email us at info at 10,000nos.com. That's info at 10000nos.com to let us know what would make your listening experience better. See you next week.